Hello, it's the start of the weekend, and this is the sound of it. Welcome. NTT20 betting show sponsored by Betfair. Me, Ali Maxwell, him, George Ellick making betting picks ahead of a full slate of EFL action. And that means this podcast is for over 18s only. And we ask anyone listening and thinking of placing a bet this weekend to be gamble aware and head to begambleaware.org just to brush up on the risks that come with gambling. George. Hello, mate. Double nap winner. Just about, just about got over the line, didn't it? Yeah, but clearly the better side. Clearly the better side. <laughs> uh, double nap winner was your only winner, but a couple of difficult beats in there. I'm not going to say bad beats, just difficult beats. Just frust- I mean, frustrating beats seems to be f- frustrating beats. <laughs> that sounds like a terrible mixtape. It's one on from lo-fi beats. Yeah, bad playlist. Mixtape, where did that come from? <laughs> um, Sam Greenwood was my goal scorer pick because uh, I thought Barra might cause Esther some problems. They did, and they won. Mm. And a player called Sam scored, <laughs> and a player called Sam Silvera, who replaced Sam Greenwood, did the starting lineup, scored. And then Greenwood came on at two 0 uh, to kind of shore up the game. Um, so that was a loser. And then had Lincoln minus one and BTTS no. Lincoln won. It was BTTS no. It was the only scoreline that could have uh, been BTTS no. Lincoln winning that wouldn't have won me the the, the bet. Painful one nil. Winning a nap and a next best was headline of my weekend, which meant I was up for the first time in what felt like a while. Nat Phillips didn't score and that Leicester Borough over 4.5 goals pick. Well, Borough did their bit with two early ones uh, and then nothing happened from there. Uh, poor finishing from Leicester. But it doesn't half put a spring in your step getting mm. a nap and next best up. I think this is what people mean when they talk about momentum. George, it, you, f- you finally worked out what it means. I'm feeling the momentum. It, it might be the double espresso that I had 20 minutes ago that hasn't worn off yet, but I'm feeling momentum. And given how important many people think momentum is, I guess I'll just win a lot from this point now because yeah. I've got the momentum. Class. What's your nap? What's your best bet? If it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yes. Fine. Um, yeah, I am backing Cheltenham again because we're given an opportunity to do so again. They're away at Wigan. There's a football version of that. Don't change your winning team. And you are literally not changing That's a winning team. That's a much better uh, phrase for, the, for what I'm doing. But I am going to take the draw out here and go draw no bet and bat them at five to four at Wigan. Um, I still just think... Friday night alert. Friday night Friday fair. night klaxon. Friday night... There's three games on Friday night. I don't know. One quite big one. Hmm. And then there's also Leeds Leicester. Um, <laughs> it is... Yeah, I, I can't really work out why um, Cheltenham is so continually seemingly input as a team who seemingly in the prices rank about like 18th in league one because i think there is a body of evidence now to suggest that under daryl clark they are mid-table at worst i've said it a million times um <laughs> they just are, thinking that they're playing against a wigan side who beat shrewsbury last time out um they weren't great in that game i wouldn't say like it wasn't like a, a dominant victory against quite a poor side and that came fresh off a 4-2 defeat at Oxford, an Oxford side who are really struggling to win any games right now. That the only winning in quite some time for Oxford. And then prior to that, a 2-1 home defeat against Exeter. So Foreman itself isn't great. Um, they're in a position, I think, Wigan now, where relegation seems pretty much out of the question. Like They're not safe-safe. Like If, if they only picked up a few points to, from here to the end of the season and went on a really bad run, they're not out of it. But it looks pretty oh, unlikely. They'll be all right. Teams go, right. teams go on bad runs. Mm. No, I, I, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm. They'll be all right. Yes. But, um, so the pressing nature of this isn't quite as um, pronounced as it is for Cheltenham. Uh, Cheltenham 
fresh off that 3-2 win over Port Vale where they went behind fairly early but managed to kind of find a way to win. Um, prior to that, obviously, last midweek, they beat Blackpool 2-0. They've won three games in a row uh, to follow off the back of three kind of unfortunate defeats in a row. They're playing very well. They still need points. Like, I don't think there's going to be any any sign of complacency here. They're not like Reading maybe are where they, the results have pulled them out of it. Like, Chatham's still very much embroiled in a relegation race. But the rate they're picking up points, it shouldn't be too long before they get there. Um, I, I strongly believe that they are, you know, I think if we started the season now, I think they'd amass more points than Wigan between between here at the end of the season. So uh, I think they're the better side between the two. Um, we've seen them pick up some some decent uh, points on the road, especially that win at Cambridge a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and uh, Odds against with taking the draw out of play, I'm, I'm very content to, to bat them. Don't tell me who it is, but is your next best an away team? Mm-hmm. We're on our travels this weekend because I'm all about away teams in League Two today. And if that doesn't get the blood pumping... What I, does? I don't know. Uh, for me, there's only one thing you can trust in life, and that's League Two away teams. Well, death, taxes, League, League Two, two away, away teams, teams. Yeah. which takes me to South South London, Sutton, and leads me to backing Colchester United as my nap. 21 to 10, 3.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. I am stancing hard on Cole Yu being pretty good under the Cowleys. Uh, they have been, to my eyes, the better side tangibly in their last four games. The results do not reflect that. That's because they have conceded some ridiculous goals. In their last game against Accrington, away, 1-0 up, playing well, a comedy-owned goal from Harbottle, the centre-back. In their previous two games... They lost 1-0 to Harrogate in injury time, having dominated that game. Just the wettest bit of goalkeeping you've ever seen. Uh, Owen Goodman parrying a poor long shot and Muldoon stabbing it in on the line. It was probably going in anyway for an own goal. Uh, the game before then, a 3 all draw against Forest Green. Unfortunately, Owen Goodman failing to stop what was a pretty weak shot from range from Dom Thompson, which squirmed in for a 3 all draw. I think they should have three wins from those games and things would be looking very different and they certainly wouldn't be this price to beat Sutton if that were the case. Uh, overall, they've tightened up a lot, as you'd probably expect under the Cowleys. They're known for being very good coaches, particularly out of possession and particularly in terms of the, the physical side of the game, kind of earning the right to play type stuff. But they've also taken the second most shots in the league per game uh, under the Cowleys or since the Cowleys were appointed, albeit plenty of those from outside the box. Noah Chilvers has taken quite a few of those. He scored a good goal in the last game. They've got a good team, like much better than their league position suggests, especially in midfield with Ali Smith having signed excellent, too good for a League Two relegation battle. Noah Chilvers, uh, mercurial, hot and cold, but a good player. And Cameron McGeehan as well. Just too much quality, I think. Um, and we're starting to see that in their performances now that they've got a really good coach. A manager. They've also had quite a lot of training ground time compared to Sutton in the last couple of weeks. Sutton have played six games to Cole use four in the last four weeks, and I think that has a benefit as well. For, for Sutton themselves, under Steve Morrison, eight games in the league, four draws, four defeats, no wins, including three defeats in a row now, so the trend is uh, not good. Started off with a lot of draws. We hoped that they might turn into some wins and make the relegation battle a bit more interesting. That hasn't been the case. Now, they themselves have had a bit of bad luck and few, you know, uh, Bits of poor execution here and there that haven't helped them in tight games. But, you know, that Doncaster home game springs to mind with a, a late penalty that they conceded for the one-all draw. But 
they just can't quite get it all to line up this season, Sutton, with the players that they have and the managers that they've had. Um, these two managers, in fact, Morrison and Cowley, were appointed in the same week, so that's quite a neat way of, of take, checking out both teams in that time. Both of them have made changes to the style of play and both did some bits and bobs in January to, to bring some new players in. But to my eyes, only one of the teams... And that's Cole Yu has achieved the level of performance and results that, that they needed really to make the end of the season a little calmer. So it's a massive game. Uh, Sutton a 1.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook for relegation and a defeat to one of the two teams that they are within 10 points of, not including Forest Green in the second uh, relegation spot. I think a defeat will have the fat lady warming up. So <laughs> Cole Yu, 21 to 10. I think they're better side. And I think if they can avoid pushing weak long range shots into their goal, uh, they should win this game. Next best. <laughs> going back to I'm not changing winning team again although this one didn't win but they won so it's fine uh, my next best is Lincoln to no. win to nil at Port Vale <laughs> at 7-2 to two. Uh, yeah still just strongly believe that Lincoln at the moment are one of the best defensive teams in League One um, I think they as was the case again in the, the home win um, against Exeter they just don't really concede big chances and they're up against the Port Vale side who yes they've made a change of management but we are yet to see. I mean, I know they scored twice against Cheltenham last time, but the, it was a really toothless, toothless display at Reading in midweek where they were beaten 2-0, not really creating anything of note. And I, I struggle to really see why they would create too much against a Lincoln team who um, have shown against much better opposition that they're, they're very capable of keeping clean sheets. Um, they haven't Lincoln haven't conceded two goals in a game since New Year's Day where they were beaten 2-0 at Blackpool. Since then, they conceded one against Wickham, uh, they conceded one against Fleetwood, one against uh, Charlton, and that's it in uh, in seven games. So just three goals conceded. And the underlying numbers suggest that this is sustainable. You know, it's not just a run where their keeper's making loads of saves or with the opposition are missing loads of chances. Um, they just aren't really conceding many opportunities. So yeah, seven to two, um, I think they're the better team. I think they're valued to win the game generally. Uh, but given how good they are defensively, it seems foolish not to boost the price so watch this space as they win 3-1 Grimsby Town big game for them every game is a big game for them now yeah what's the general vibe there at the moment everyone relaxed and calm no ah are you yes they're my next best uh, they're playing away at Morecambe I'm backing them at the same price as Cole U. 3.1 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook I doubt many will be back in Grimsby this week and there's uh, a few reasons for that uh, the form line will put a lot off and there's just a general air of, of panic certainly within the fan base uh, after what's been a terrible run of form and a 5-1 defeat at Doncaster it's only a couple of weeks ago they lost 6-1 at Walsall now there's been some real crumbling within games like decent starts at 0-0 just ruined by the concession of a goal followed by crumbling for, for want of a better word and that that's led to panic that's led to Six goals being scored by Walsall, five goals being scored by Doncaster. But also, but also, a ridiculous mixture of excellent finishing from the opposition, poor goalkeeping and own goals as well. Since the 1st of January, Grimsby have conceded 21 goals in the league from eight non-penalty expected goals. They've faced 29 shots on target and conceded 21 goals. These are... As boring as it might be to hear, numbers that won't continue. This will, this level of, of like nuttiness will die down. And the most important thing for me here, the most sort of relevant piece of uh, research that I dug up was that 
Grimsby have only played two away games in the last eight weeks. So their poor form and all this, you know, the bad vibes are coming from home defeats and you can understand why. But in their last two away games, they were genuinely excellent in both games. That was a 3-0 win against Salford where they were just completely dominant. And a nil-nil against Accrington away where they had 16 shots to Aki's five. Aki had only one shot after the half an hour mark. So that, for me, is quite a relevant performance here. I, I think that maybe... They can play a little easier on the road at the moment. I did co-coms for Morecambe last week, so I've watched quite a lot of them um, over the last week or two, live and uh, using my laptop device. <laughs> I've got quite a lot of time for Jed Brannan, their manager who took over from Derek Adams. Uh, I've got quite a lot of time for the football style that he's trying to implement, and I've got a lot of time for the spirit that the club have shown in the last few months, in fact, in the last 12 months, to put aside off-field issues and, and existential concerns about the future of the club, to put aside Derek Adams, uh, leaving them in the lurch once again in the middle of a season, to put aside their front four, uh, Mayer, McKiernan, uh, Mellon and Bloxham, uh, who had all started 20 games to start the season, all of them absent from January onwards, either recalled, sold or injured, and just signing a whole new front four in out of the bargain bucket, uh, to try and replace them. I've got a lot of time for Morecambe and, they're, and they've been in decent form, particularly winning three away games in a row from behind and then drawing out Wimbledon good results. But I was at the Wimbledon game and by the end of it, it felt like they had spent so much energy. They'd picked up a couple of little injuries and it's a thin, thin squad. They've only got about 16 senior pros, outfield pros. Uh, then they went to Walsall in midweek. They lost 3-0. And my sense is that was just a game too far that, that their sort of special source that they seem to have because they've been winning games in like ridiculous fashion, you know, fairy tale stuff, 94th minute, 30 yard free kicks rather than dominating games. So illness in the camp last Saturday, no let up with having to go to Walsall in midweek, beaten comfortably 3-0. They've got suspensions to Tonda, the left back. Uh, they've got injuries, Garner, the striker. And I just think they're very thin on the ground. I think they're unlikely to press Grimsby particularly high. They prefer to sit in. And that's good news for a team in Grimsby who've been giving away a lot of sloppy goals playing out from the back. Uh, and I think they'll play a, a slower, less direct build-up style, which again, I just don't see being a bad thing for Grimsby. They want the ball as far away from their defenders as possible at the moment. So despite everything, essentially, I think these two teams are going to go toe-to-toe. And I'm banking on the fact that Grimsby can play with a bit less pressure and nerves away from home. And finally... Uh, put together a, a much better performance at better than two to one. That's the view I'm taking that there's not that much between these two sides, despite league table and form indicators. And I think a good opportunity for Grimsby to, to calm some nerves against a fatigued Morecambe Grimsby town next best at 3.1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Don't forget the 90 minute payout uh, Betfair's, Offer this season on the Betfair Sportsbook. This is the match odds 90 market. Uh, any market with the 90 icon, it means if the team you bet on is when, winning when the clock hits 90, you get paid out as a winner, even if they equalise. So if I backed Grimsby on the match odds 90 market uh, and they were 1-0 up heading into injury time and then wet the bed and draw or lose. Wet the bed. It's not quite as serious as the other one. No. Well, specifically because I'm a professional broadcaster, I'm trying not to say bad words. Yeah, are there words you can use answer swear words for that? Soil the bed. There you go. You can build Ackers with the Match Odds 90 market as well. Uh, make sure you read the T's and C's to understand it. Match Odds 90 this season's special offer from the Betfair Sportsbook. Who's your goal scorer? Sticking with the game in my next best, I'm putting up Joe Taylor to score at 16-5 to any time at Port Vale. For reasons already mentioned, I think Lincoln are 
value to win the game. I expect them to create the better chances. And in Joe Taylor, they've got a striker who they brought in on loan from Luton, who had a very good start to the season at Colchester and showed us that he's more than capable of finishing off the chances that he gets due to his searing pace in behind. Um, but his start to life at Lincoln wasn't great. He missed a few pretty good opportunities. Um, he, you know, he's had 13 shots and scored just a solitary goal. Significantly underperforming his XG. Um, I think he's only got, uh, his XG mass so far is, is over two. Um, but despite that, we know from his time, as I say, at Colchester, where he scored 11 league goals from eight expected goals, we know from his time at Luton, where he's known to be and if he's brought in to be a goal scorer and a very good one at that, like his finishing is, is one of the best parts of his game. So I don't think um, this underperformance of his expected goals is anything to worry about right now. What's more important is that he's getting into good opportunities. He's undoubtedly Lincoln's key attacking threat. And, you know, he's part of the reason why um, the good defensive performances are starting to yield some results as well, because they now have more threat up front. So looking, you know, I don't think it's very often that you you get a, t- a player bigger than three to one who is the main goal threat for a, a team who are seven to four anyway to win a game, but given that, or 13 to eight, sorry, but given that I think their value at 13 to eight to win the game, uh, it makes it all the more appealing. Kiefer, Roberto, Francisco, Moore. He's the striker for Ipswich Town and he's my goal scorer pick this week. Uh, my shortest prized pick of all is the goal scorer, which I can't imagine has happened before. Um, and uh, the price is 2.63 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And in my eyes, that's too long. Juicy, in fact, even at 2.63. Ipswich playing against Birmingham at Portman Road. Uh, Ipswich been in pretty good form recently and they are excellent at Portman Road. That is proven over 12 months plus at this stage. They are 2-1 to on to win the game. 1.5 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And I just find the pricing of their main goal threats peculiar. Uh, Kiefer Moore, as mentioned, is 2.63. Connor Chaplin, 2.6. Minutely more likely to score in the eyes of the Betfair Sportsbook traders. And Ali Alhamidi, one of my favourites, 2.25 compared to Moore's 2.63. Now, in the last few games, it's been pretty clear that Kiefer Moore is Ipswich's starting number nine. Ali Alhamidi is coming off the bench to provide some pace at the end of games. But Moore has scored four goals in five appearances so far for Ipswich. Uh, He has been... So far, it seems pretty clear the perfect January signing to fill the void left by the injured George Hurst. He is, as we already knew, an excellent championship striker who not only scores goals, but does a lot else as well. Who's had the last few years learning from Premier League level coaches without playing a huge amount. Uh, It's only been 4.590s that he's played, but he's scored 0.89 non-penalty goals uh, per 90. His XG is at 0.53. He's taking uh, over three shots per 90 and he's been finishing well. So he doesn't look like he's rusty or low in confidence or anything. So, you know, in, you're looking across the other games with a really short price home team. Saints, three on at home to Millwall. Adam Armstrong, Che Adams are both at 2.1. Coventry, uh, what are they? 1.67, 4 to 6 at home to Preston. Hadji Wright and Ellis Sims at 2.5. I just don't think it stands to reason that Kiefer Moore would be longer than those. So my assumption is if he scores again, he'll probably be into prices that I wouldn't really consider backing anyway. So Kiefer Moore, my goal scorer pick at 2.63 with the Betfair Sportsbook. You can tell this is one where, because I've got the odds set as decimal on my Betfair Sportsbook account, there are some decimal odds where the the fractional doesn't instantly spring to mind. 2.63 being one of them. Uh, 13 to 8 13 to 8 uh, we'll back him 
I don't know if that's right, but we'll back him. He's normally good at this stuff. Uh, what's your long shot? 56.0 decimal. <laughs> uh, 55 to 1. I'm backing Chris Martin to score a hat trick. Yes. Viva La Vida and Death and yes, All of His Friends. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> he has been in scintillating form since January the 1st. And normally when a player is in a really good run of goal-scoring form who doesn't necessarily score that many goals generally, I'm kind of loath to get involved. But he scored in the league uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven goals since January the 1st. He's only failed to score in two games and he scored a brace on New Year's Day uh, against Wickham in, in a 3-2 game. But normally when a player scores a glut of goals like this in a short space of time, you have a look at the conversion rate and you have a look at the underlying numbers and it's like, this is ridiculous. Like it can't continue. And yeah, he is overperforming his XG, but only by like 1.5. And he is getting into unbelievable goal scoring positions in every single game. To the extent I think Aaron Collins coming out of Bristol Rovers and going to Bolton probably benefits Martin in a way that he is now the absolute focal point um, for, um, for Bristol Rovers. And, you know, he, he got a red card late on uh, against Fleetwood. He sat out a game. He, but apart from that, he's playing 90 minutes in every single game. So in terms of, well, I think when you're backing people to score multiple goals, you want to make sure they're not going to come off for 25 minutes to go. That's absolutely the case with, with Martin, who is the focal point here, the main goal scoring threat, definitely ahead of uh, John Marquis in the pecking order. And he scored two goals in his last two games, uh, having taken seven shots within those as well. Crucially here, they are playing against the worst team in the league. And I'm sad to say that because I thought there was a chance with some decent additions in January that Carlisle might turn it around. But things are desperate. They have lost seven games on the bounce um, in the league. In that time, they conceded four at home to Cambridge last time out. They conceded three against Leighton Orient. They conceded four against Bolton. They conceded three against Oxford. Like This is a side who are shipping goals regularly. And we know that under Matt Taylor, Bristol Rovers games are are fairly chaotic as they look to attack basically wherever possible. I think this all looks to me, what seems to me is fairly likely is that Bristol Rovers might run right and might really punish a Carlisle side who've shown in those defeats I mentioned that when the chips are against them, they don't really have the fight to try and come back in games. Can the chips be against you or are they normally down? When the chips are down and the odds are against you. Um, so, and if that is the case... There is quite clearly one person who is, uh, to my mind at least, the benefactor of that, and that is a guy who's thriving on confidence, age thirty-five, but with five in his last, in his last uh, how many it is, eight games, uh, sorry, seven in his last eight games. I think he is value at fifty-five to one to go home with a match ball. Yeah, nice. My long shot is back to League Two, back to an away team, Newport County, and over one point five goals in the match away at MK Dons. That is MK Dons as in Mike Will I Am Sons MK Dons who have won tons of football matches under him and have flown up the table and now there's an argument might be impacting the automatic promotion conversation. No argument. I'm a big Mike Williamson ultra but injuries. Max Dean up front the perfect focal point it seemed for Mike Williamson to the extent that Ellis Harrison Moisa Set to one side, not that interested in them. He's injured. Maybe Ellis Harrison will come in from the start. No, still benched. Emre Tezgul, they bought on loan from Stoke in January, still benched. Williamson's gone with Dan Kemp playing as the number nine or 
a nine of sorts with Stephen Wynn, who's another sort of Kempy type second striker, and Alex Gilby, who's an attack-minded central midfielder, really, as the most attacking central players. He does get a lot from the wing-backs, particularly Tomlinson. But while these are all clever players and they can all score goals, I do think it it, it changes them. It, it blunts them a little bit as an attacking force just because of Dean's energy. You know, he's the unselfish runner of channels. He's the one that presses really high from the front. He's the one also that's been getting in between the posts and scoring poacher-type goals. And uh, at the moment, they're, they're lacking someone in there. Now, maybe that Harrison and, and Tezgill, one of the two, starts here. But uh, I, I just get the sense, based on the team sheet from the last few games, that Williamson doesn't love them. And then at the back... Tucker is out long term. Uh, in midweek, they had, uh, I almost said Ray Lewington at the centre back. Dean Lewington, uh, he got sent off against Wrexham in, in midweek. So the captain, leader legend, Dean Lewington, will be suspended here. They didn't have another centre back at the bench, uh, on the bench. So my assumption is that their back three will be Warren O'Hora with either side of him, MJ Williams, who's a midfielder, defensive midfielder by trade, and Dan Harvey, who's a left back by trade. And I don't think those are ideal conditions to handle Will Evans and Seb Palmer Holden. The strikers for Newport have been an absolutely unplayable duo over the last few weeks. And I know you got some stick for using the word unplayable from some super boring blokes on Twitter the other night. <laughs> but uh, I, think, I think that was just them being wrong, wasn't it? Them being wrong and boring. No, I wouldn't say boring. It's one thing to be wrong. A nice, he's a nice and it's another fan. thing to be boring. Nice Oxford fan. It's another thing altogether to be wrong and boring. I just, I think he's nice. Uh, Palmer Holden and Evans have been unplayable recently. They are both athletic strikers. They are both super mobile. They are quick. They have uh, size and physicality as well. They like to, they like to spin into the channels on the break. They seem to have good um, uh, partnership in terms of link play as well. Uh, they've got Ofrande Zanzala to come off the bench, who who fits a broadly similar profile. I think that's a really tough matchup for MK Dons, just in terms of of defending. Then there's the fact that in goal for MK at the moment is a guy called Michael Kelly. He's a 27 year old keeper that was signed to be third choice. He's become the first choice because of injuries and McGillivray's uh, sale. He's played almost all of his football so far in the League of Ireland second tier. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's good. I'm just saying I don't think there's a huge amount we can go off so far. Uh, and then there's just the fact that MK Dons, are, their home results have been quite good. But I went there once this season. It was a pretty low turnout. It's been getting lower and lower. It's not a particularly energetic place to play football. And I just worry that having had 11,000 there in midweek for the Wrexham game, which was twice as many as they'd had in their last home game against Accrington. I think we're probably going back to more like five, five and a half thousand here for this game. I just don't think that's that that doesn't point to me towards MK. I think it makes it more likely that they can um there's just not much for them to feed off there. So Newport, the form team in the division, they've won five out of six. Evans in particular is just in incredible form at the moment. I think they can do something here. So Newport County and over 1.5 goals in the game away at MK, five to one. That's my long shot. What's your BTTS trio for the sixfold, which is at 29.35, just better than 28 to one. Sunderland v Swansea is first up. Um, Mike Dodds back in the hot seat in caretaker charge of Sunderland after Mick Beale's departure, or should I call him player ID? Nice. Uh, <laughs> It was, um, yeah, but Dodds' spell in charge in between Mowbray and Beale was, was pretty good. I think what is likely 
is that we will see a return to the more uh, expansive style, the more attacking style. Jack Clark out for this one, which may not be great news for Sunderland, but certainly is good news for Swansea, who under Luke Williams, I think we can continue to expect their games will be fairly end-to-end. Uh, last weekend against Ipswich, BTTS copped after about 10 minutes, uh, albeit there weren't many goals in the second half, it was still fairly chaotic. Um, Swansea will certainly go to Sunderland, hoping to take the game to them. Two teams full of uh, attacking talent, and I don't see why... Swansea won't be able to at least bloody the nose of a Sunderland side a bit low on confidence uh, currently. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City next up at a big price, uh, 20 to 23. Wednesday under Danny Royal, pretty good for BTTS, always attacking. Bristol City similarly uh, should have a good time from an attacking standpoint up against a side who will uh, take the game to them rather than sit off them. We know that Bristol City very good in transition. This game should suit them. Um, but similarly, I expect them to come under some pressure from a defensive standpoint against a Wednesday side who generally do create chances under Royal. And finally, Barrow-Bradford, which I think on paper looks like quite a, probably quite a surprising selection. Bradford haven't conceded any goals in four games, but having looked through those games, apart from uh, the AFC Wimbledon one, um, their last three games they've conceded at 1.5 XG in all three. So it's certainly not a case of them just shutting out the opposition. And a Barrow team who, yes, they've won a couple of games, 1-0 recently at home, but we've also had some really high-scoring games, including the 5-3 at Salford. It re- feels like with their slide down the table, the main reason for that is because their defensive solidity has kind of gone against the Bradford side who are in decent form and we'll hope they can continue to push up towards the playoffs. So Sunderland, Swansea, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City and Barrow, Bradford. Three Ooh. teams beginning with S and then three teams beginning with B. That's crazy, man. Patterns. Barnsley, Derby. Barnsley have had BTTS, yes, land in 13 of 14. I've picked them almost every week. Uh, it's, it's actually quite embarrassing that we haven't won one in the last... It's embarrassing. Fifth, well, uh, given that I've, given that Barnsley has just come in, so it's, it's really been a fivefold. We just need to get five right in the last like fourteen weeks. Anyway, we've, we've been one off a few times. It's okay. It's it's fine. Barnsley Derby um, is the first one. Uh, Barnsley's very volatile style, I think, contributes to this ridiculous streak of BTTSiness. And Derby, with Mendes Lang in particular, looking super dangerous on the break, should be able to hurt them when when Barnsley uh, are defending transition. But actually, Derby's back line is not the most athletic either. Uh, you've got Curtis Nelson, you've got Sonny Bradley there, and I think Barnsley, with their kind of high-intensity style, should be able to hurt them. So Barnsley, Derby, BTTS, yes, at Oakwell. Also in League One, Exeter Fleetwood. Uh, this is kind of Fleetwood-led. Uh, they seem to be really attacking their survival bid, which I think is a bit of fun. And BTTS has landed in their last three in the league. And before then, uh, they won 2-0 at Bristol Rovers and 3-0 at Port Vale. So um, goals-wise for Fleetwood, they're probably in their richest form of the season so far, but they are not tight defensively. Exeter, uh, I think, have drawn a blank in their last two games, which they've lost, but they're the home team here and Fleetwood will give them opportunities. So I think that'll suit BTTS. Yes. And then mansfield Salford in League Two, uh, heavy hitters, big hitters. Uh, going head-to-head, Salford, the form team in the division since Carl Robinson's appointment, the joint top scorers in the division since Carl Robinson's appointment with Mansfield. Now Mansfield's uh, goals tally somewhat boosted by nine. Nine against Harrogate uh, last midweek, but uh, generally a very good attacking team. I just think Salford have enough about them now um, to be the sort of team that can trouble Mansfield, who ordinarily are pretty good defensively. So my three are Barnsley, Derby, Exeter, Fleetwood and Mansfield, Salford, Georges, Sunderland, Swansea, Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City and Barrow, Bradford. That's at 29.35 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, George, if you wouldn't mind, 
Run through your selections. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Cheltenham draw no bet, five to four. The nap. Lincoln to nil at Port Vale at seven to two. The next best. Joe Taylor for Lincoln to score any time at sixteen to five is the goal scorer. And then a Chris Martin hat trick at fifty-five to one. Like clocks work. Trouble. Uh, <laughs> Colchester at Sutton's my nap three point one twenty-one to ten with the bet first sports. But Grimsby at Morecambe same price. My next best. Uh, my goal scorer is Kiefer. More of Ipswich Town at 2.63 and my long shot Newport and over 1.5 goals away at MK Dons at 5 to 1. The BTTS 6 fold in league order. Sunderland, Swansea and Sheffield Wednesday, Bristol City and the champ. Barnsley, Derby and Exeter, Fleetwood in league one. Mansfield and Salford, Barrow and Bradford in league two. Thank you for listening to this show, uh, whether it's the first time or whether you've listened to every single one this Or the season. last time. <laughs> no. I still say thank you for the last no. time. What do you mean? If this is the last time you listen to this podcast, I will not thank you for that. Sorry. Well, I do. Balance. Got balance. Uh, thank you very much to Betfair for sponsoring this podcast. And as we turn for home in the EFL season, we hope that you'll be uh, with us both on the Monday pods and on the betting show. Uh, thanks very much and have a good weekend and go out. <laughs>